And here we go. Okay. So. Oh, hold on just a sec. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. Um, just like uh, I was looking at your questions and a couple of them, like one of them, I, I might need a little more background um, in order to answer it. Uh, so like the one when operating in life, I read about the internal locus of control. Oh yeah. Is there a secure system such as inner control that you can identify as a starting point for all actions and behaviors? Can you say anything more about that? Yeah. Like I was reading this book. I was actually reading the coddling of the American mind and oh, cool. Yeah. Have you read it? I, I'm aware of it. I haven't read it. Um, it is really good. So they yeah. were, the psychologist was talking about like how like college students like kind of go crazy sometimes and they don't really pay attention to their internal locus of control. So there's an external, which is like, you are like a, like you react to your environment. Um, but then there's the internal locus of control where you actually just have self-control and you know, like you are responsible for changing, persuading other people or changing their behaviors. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's not really something I, uh, it's not really my area per yeah. se. So I'm not sure I can really say too much about it. Okay. And those are just my initial thoughts. So I usually veer off. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool. So I have hit record and okay, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Sure. And um, so first I do want to start off by asking what is it that you do, John? Well, I'm a, um, I'm a behavioral psychologist and I help leaders create safer and more effective work environments. Yeah. And so what does safer actually mean? Yeah, good question. Safer could mean, um, could mean psychologically safer or it could mean physically safer. And psychologically safe just means that, you're, uh, that you feel safe to express your opinion, to say what's on your mind um, without fear of reprisal or penalty like from the group or anything like that. Yeah. Physical safety is you know, uh, what it sounds like. It's, it's getting hurt potentially or, or avoiding injury, uh, like bodily injury you know, when you're at work. So, you know, like, um, places like, uh, manufacturing companies, construction companies, they're very con concerned with, with physical safety. And, um, they're also concerned with psychological safety, but you know, the larger world, um, any organization really should be concerned with psychological safety. You know, you might not be as concerned with people getting hurt, uh, day to day physically, but getting hurt, you know, or having a, having an unsafe feeling is, uh, is something that everyone can, you know, can suffer from any organization. Yeah. yeah. That's actually like the story of my life. Like I feel like <laughs> <laughs> everywhere I go, I was actually just in a recruiting office yesterday and I said, Oh, I think I can do this position. I, I have my own style, but I also like adhere to guidelines. And the woman snapped at me and said, you can't do things your own way. And I was just like, it's just like, it's like, so, but anyway, okay. that's so that means like, <laughs> I, you, know, you don't want to work there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a perfect example of an unsafe, uh, so psychologically unsafe environment. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but that's all I encounter. So, um, but, but what I want to know really is I'm on the search to know what exactly is a leader. And it seems like you have a lot of experience in that. I'm having identity issues. Is a leader somebody with power over others or is it somebody like who inspires? I just don't know what I believe is a leader. 
It's a great question. I mean, and it's ages old too. If you Google the definition of leadership, you'll get, I don't know, like 110 million different, <laughs> different versions, you know, different definitions. And, um, and, you know, since I've read all of those, um, I can summarize them for you. Um, I'm joking. I haven't. Read okay. Them. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> I, no, I don't read that fast. Okay. Um, but I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, people, uh, people define it at, at, as a matter of convenience, you know, to their argument in many cases, you know, so it may be one who inspires action in others. Um, it may be one, um, there, there are some really good books that I like um, that are based on kind of behavioral science that would suggest that a leader is somebody who influences followers, right? And so like you study a leader's behavior based on the impact they have on their followers. Um, and uh, I can recommend some books kind of in that area. Um, you know, there are other schools of thought like the inspirational school of thought. They're, they're, um, they're trait-based theories about leadership and what what constitutes a good leader, you know, um, OCEAN is, a, is an acronym of uh, kind of a personality approach to leadership um, that we could talk about. But I mean, you know, um, in my view, um, I, I have a very kind of particular behavioral science kind of based view, right? Like in my background, I was a professor for 15 years at a, yeah. at a teaching behavioral science and published like 100 papers that no one will ever read. In, I like uh, academic papers. <laughs> yeah. In like <laughs> academic journals and stuff, right? Um, but if you took like a behavioral science view to leadership, a leader is someone who creates an environment that brings out the best in their team. Yeah, the people that they work with. Um, and so that, that's like loaded with, you know, we could talk about that for hours or days even. You know, what does it mean to create the right environment? What does it mean to bring out the best in people? Um, does that mean it's only positive and backslapping, or is that also kind of negative in some cases, or how's accountability fit in? Like, there are many questions when it comes to that. Um, but I do think that, you know, at the end of the day, it's what the leader says and does to create an environment that brings out the best in people. That's what makes you a great leader. Okay, so that's actually what I would... I like love that answer, but what about for people like myself, when we look at a leader, I want to see proof that you're really a leader. Like it all sounds like very jolly, like bringing out the best, but how do I know I can count on you to be a leader? What would you say to that? Mm. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I guess it depends on the context you're operating in, right? Like, so think about if you give me a context, I might be able to respond more specifically, but um, if we were like, I work in organizations a lot. And so you can tell if someone's an effective leader or not based on the performance of their team, right? And the yeah. satisfaction of their team, the turnover potentially or retention, um, but like productivity, creativity, innovation, and, uh, you know, things like that, whatever it is that you're producing and, and measuring, your team's going to be pretty darn good if you're a great leader. Well, um, yeah, like out of, like, say for me, for example, like if I, if I, I'm trying to work on my leadership skills, what, what do I need to be seen as a leader? Do I just need to believe it? Cause I think I'm stuck on this, um, this approach of other people will tell me when I've reached a leader, like, and I have to keep working until they tell me, yeah, I think you're a leader. Do you, like, what 
do leaders worry about that? Mm, well, I mean, leaders are human, right? Like everyone worries about their influence on others and what people think of them, I suppose, um, yeah. to some degree. But I'm not sure that's a, an accurate gauge of whether you're a leader or not. You know, if you're waiting for others to tell you, um, you know, that suggests to me that, you know, you're putting more weight in their opinions than in your actions, you know? I mean, one thing I, I've learned from working with a bunch of leaders is that, you know, um, is that the best that I've worked with kind of have their, they have a moral compass, you know, like it's, they know what the right thing is to do. And they're very clear on it. And it's not to say they don't make mistakes, but like they have a vision and it's going to be kind of unassailed by other people's opinions. You know, it's going to be like, this is the direction that we're going. And yes, I want input and all that sort of thing, but you know, to help kind of mold and come bring everyone together. But, but at the end of the day, I really have a very firm idea of what I want the team or the group or I myself to accomplish. And, um, you know, it's like believing in yourself and believing in your vision. You know, okay. believing that you know the right, the difference between right and wrong, you know. Right and wrong. So, <laughs> like, um, if that were a path, like, this is my compass, we're going towards this vision, and I'm leading everybody there. Like, doesn't the leader get nervous of, like, being wrong? Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to be completely, you know, uh, insensitive, like, to, <laughs> to not worry if you're right or wrong. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but that being said, like, um, I mean, I, I think that, you know, leaders require, uh, to be a good leader requires a little bit of insensitivity, you know, in terms of, you know, um, I mean, if you're 100% if you're sensitive to every, everyone around you, uh, entrepreneurship wouldn't exist, right? Like, you'd, you'd never be an entrepreneur. You'd probably never create anything that hasn't been created. Right. Because people are, are, you know, <laughs> you know, in our line of business, uh, you and me both, I mean, people will tell us like it can't be done or what, that's a stupid idea or why right. don't you just get a real job or whatever. Right. right? Time, and you miss yeah. any of that stuff. You'd never do all the cool things that you do, you know? Yeah. So, so you have to be somewhat insensitive to that. I think, um, while at the same time, you know, um, learning as you go, and not, if, if you're completely insensitive to social cues, then you're kind of a psychopath. You know, <laughs> you can't, that's too far down on that, on that continuum. Right. My mom's um, pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for him, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that's a tough question to, to answer. I mean, really, I think that it, it requires a, you know, you having kind of a North Star, uh, and it's not, it's kind of a label, it's hard to define, but like a, a moral compass, a vision um, of what you'd like to accomplish, and uh, a belief that you can do it. Um, and, you know, and, um, and if you fail along the way, admitting that you failed and, and just kind of like retooling and, and reworking what you're doing. Um, you know, so it's, it's never to say that you, like, great leaders don't fail. They fail all the time, um, but, they, but they fail fast. So, you know, like, I worked with, um, one, uh, there was a, a leader from uh, one, of, one of the world's largest construction companies, probably the world's largest construction company. And he's, 
He's a senior leader there. He spoke at one of our conferences. And that was, that was their catchphrase at the time was like, fail fast. You know, we're going to try to innovate. We're going to try new things. They're going to be risky. But if they, if they, you know, we're doing this and it starts to fail, like let's decide we failed and then we move on and we iterate and we, we learn from that, you know? And so I think that a lot of great leaders do that as well. Hmm. Yeah. I, I brought up a question, but I uh, have a couple of questions. We'll, wait, we'll yeah. So do so I just want to reiterate, so even on the path, even if it gets rocky, leaders keep going. Um, and this can be seen as like being an entrepreneur, they keep going, or also um, in an organization. So if you're not a leader by title in an organization, um, sorry, there's like crows in the background. I don't know if you can hear them. I can hear them. Yeah, I don't know. It's like always... They're really annoying. <laughs> There's like so many. Okay. Uh, leaders in an organization. If you don't have a leadership title, but you still want to be seen as a leader, like, is that possible? For me, that always leads of course. to tension. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, you didn't. So there's, there's tension. Um, can you say more about that? What do you mean? Uh, you know, like if I have my own opinions and my own uh, secure way of saying things, sometimes that uh, causes people to square off with me. Like they, you know what I mean? So I've learned to tone that down. But now my problem is I've toned it down so much, like I don't want to tone it down. So, uh, you know, how would you advise somebody to deal with that? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I mean, well, the first, the there are a couple of questions in there. The first one I think you asked was like, can you be a leader if you're not in, if you don't have like um, people who work for you, let's yeah. say you're not in a business, you could be a leader, like a thought leader or an influencer or some other type of leader. And the answer is yes, for sure. I mean, I, you know, I, uh, I worked with um, a person in, in like, she was super famous in occupational safety. One of the first published um, people who did behavioral work in like factories and stuff like that to, to reduce injuries. Her name was, uh, Beth Solzer-Azaroff and, um, she's retired now, but, um, we were once like, we were once traveling for a conference. We were, we were together. We're walking down the street and there was a big construction project, um, on the street. And there were some guys that were working, really unsafely they were doing something I, I can't remember exactly what it was they weren't wearing their 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 helm their hard hat and their glasses and their gloves or something like that and um she actually walked up to them and you know she was um very direct like she was like guys i don't i don't want you to get hurt and why aren't you wearing your your hat and your gloves and your glasses and and they were like what do you you know like <laughs> Who is this person? You know, like she they didn't work for her. She didn't know them. She just like walked up and started talking to them out of concern for them. And like, that's a, that's a leadership behavior, you know? Um, I mean, of course she was, she was a small, um, older lady, you know? And so like these young guys are not likely to say like, Oh, screw you or whatever. Right. <laughs> like they yeah. might've said to me, um, but um, but she was able to talk with them and like change their behavior like right away just by having a conversation with them. And so um, it's just I was just giving that as an example of, you know, you can be a leader at any time in any context. 
at you know at any point in your life um and it's it's by exerting influence on people when you know the right thing to do you're helping them to also do the right thing you know and that's yeah. really the way i think that she looked at it um she was doing it out of genuine care and concern for them and they received it really well so um so like you know you can do that in any domain um you can uh, you can help people i mean if you you know if you look at the page i do a lot of work on linkedin right now and, and mm -hmm. like posting quite a bit there yeah. and you can see um people who are kind of thought leaders there who are putting out an idea and getting people to think about it like that's a form of leadership too you know if you can help people to think differently and then therefore maybe act differently too um that can you know that can kind of produce change as well right so like there are many different levels to it i think and layers to it it really comes down to influence though is i think at the level that we're talking about right can we, can we have a positive influence on on others yeah it is positive influence so i don't want to overgeneralize, but um just from my observations and my own self for women sorry we're gonna go for the women route but um trying to conform to being an independent like having influence driving change um even in my own self i've seen uh, myself adopt more assertive but almost like uh angry like you're not gonna cut me off or, or it comes across as very angry like um like if we're, if we're talking and and if you did cut me off maybe i in the past i would just keep talking like one time i tried it out like <laughs> and somebody did that to me the other day like i would cut them off because i was excited and they just like kept talking over it and i feel bad it's just like um so what that i don't feel like that's leadership but i feel like that gets more respect than the caring and let me do this because I care about you. What do you have to say mm -hmm. about that? Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Um, you know, I work with lots of women and, uh, and have coached a number of women as well in business um, and have seen many times that old, you know, like stereotype or cliche in a meeting where a woman says an idea and then no one says anything. And then 10 minutes later, a man says the same exact idea and everybody's like, oh, that's an awesome idea. Yeah. <laughs> totally seen that happen. I've heard that um, Yeah, so like, um, and I've seen the cutting off, uh, the, the cutting off uh, behaviors as well. Um, and a lot of times uh, men respond to, like when you try to cut off a man while he's talking, a lot of men will respond by raising their voice and continuing on and raising their like getting louder and louder and louder so yeah, you can that's what women do now no one can hear you i mean i always you know i think that's i think i guess it's fine you know um i don't think it's uncaring um but i will say that when i say caring um i don't mean being a pushover um so like um when you know dr solzer zaroff um intervened with those construction workers like they were she was not a pushover in any way she was very direct with them and if they had given her a hard time she would have said something really interesting and surprising to them and caught their attention and probably changed their behavior anyway you know but she would have been charming about it and she was polite she was she was respectful but she was not a pushover 
And I think that's kind of what I mean. Um, you know, caring, she's doing it out of a place of caring, but it doesn't mean that she's so soft that they can just interrupt her and ignore her. Um, so okay. I don't know, how does that play out like behaviorally yeah. for women, you know? Um, that's a good question. Or how yeah, could it play like out? I wanna know, like, so it's so confusing because it's like, you're not, like what I'm saying is like, I don't wanna be a pushover. So I'm having trouble finding the balance. So it's like, you're talking and you cut me off. So I, I just keep talking. Um, but then that always, I still receive pushback. Like people can, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm trying to look for a way to communicate where everybody's happy, where I'm happy, I'm getting my message through, where they're happily receptive. And sometimes comes off too direct and people, it makes people upset. Or then other times I downplay it and then it's like, we don't really authentically connect like we should because I'm, I'm not delivering my part in the relationship because I don't want to make you upset. So what are the... What's the internal workings of somebody that's not too passive, but they are a leader and they get their message across? Mm, yeah, great question. Um, if I could answer that really succinctly, it would be, you know, a million dollar idea, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, I'm not sure I have the exact answer to that, except for you know, I, I can think of women who I have a lot of respect for, who are strong, intelligent women who would not be seen as um, a pushover in any way, but they're also respectful and kind and people like them. So likable, uh, but also, um, you know, uh, strong, intelligent, and in no way, you know, pushover. And these are people who are highly confident you know, they're well studied. Um, they really know uh, the content that they're talking about so that they can, they can be confident in front of people. Um, they're not apologetic. They don't, they don't say, oh, I'm sorry, I cut you off or what, it's none of that. It's they, they're, 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 uh, their behavior is very well self-regulated, right? They've got a lot of like self-control. They're gonna say exactly what they mean, when they mean it and how they mean it, and that's it. And if you don't like it, then you don't like it. <laughs> but yeah, it like, turns but out. You cut them off. So like if I cut you off or something, it's going to make you upset. And uh, then you might not be responsive to me in the future. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's, uh, it's socially inappropriate to cut someone off while, while they're speaking. So if you do it by accident, then apologizing is perfectly appropriate, you know. Um, but being cut off is a different is, is a different thing because it is socially inappropriate. You know, I mean, I think that um, I think that just thinking of the women that I have in mind here, you know, if um, if they were in a room and they were cut off um, by a man, they would not take it personally unless it happened a few times in a row, probably, and it became a pattern. And then probably they would say, you know, I noticed that every time I start to say something, you've cut me off the last three or four times. I do that, yeah. And then just like narrate exactly what's happening. Is there a reason for that? Because I'm, I'm confused. I thought you had me here to have a discussion, you know? And it's like very respectful, but also very honest and really open, you know? I could definitely see them doing that. Um, but, you know, in the same token or by the same token, they're also not so sensitive that 
they don't they don't recognize that yeah people cut each other off once in a while men do it to each other you know men to do it do it to women women do it to men women do it to each other etc right because we're people and that thing happens sometimes so it's like i mean i guess it's easy for me to say as a man don't be overly sensitive but i'm trying to kind of channel what i think my you know my most admired women friends would say you know and i, I think mostly they would say like yeah don't you know have thick skin and but don't be don't allow yourself to be walked on or taken advantage of hmm. does that make sense it does. And that's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a quick story about, um, I was working like a service job just to help until my business flourishes. And, um, I said, um, I was sensing a little bit of a power struggle. And at this time I was taking a more direct assertive approach to myself. And I said, you know, is it really about, you know, um, this issue or is there another is there another issue that we're not talking about like is that like and and then I got fired um so is that <laughs> like, <laughs> Sounds like you're in the wrong place maybe yeah I think maybe that just keeps happening I don't care anymore because once you've been fired then you're like <laughs> like I've already been fired so whatever yeah okay inspired by better people than you <laughs> but I just I just think it's so crazy how like anyway people fire people just for talking I agree that is that is crazy I mean really what you want and what I end up trying to teach uh, people most leaders is to create an environment where people will talk to you and tell you the truth and tell you what's on their mind and then you as a leader need to learn how to respond appropriately to it which means never firing someone for saying what's on their mind. Yeah. <laughs> and always thanking them, you know? I mean, geez, come on. It's just words, right? It is. It just is so surprising. Like, and it's just not the first time. Like one time I addressed an issue with, it was a younger guy and he was a supervisor and he sent me home. Like, and so I... <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <But> <laughs> So I think uh, repeated patterns, like it just, then in my mind, I'm like, if I say something, like I'm going to get in trouble, but I, I just like, just water under the bridge. These things are so ridiculous. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I mean, you'd have, you'd have to, you got to work through that, you know, I mean, I'm sure not you, but one uh, women, especially probably, but men too have to work through the fear of, um, you know, telling the truth because you know, I mean, when you when you study uh, when you study psychological safety, what you find is that you know there are many reasons for staying quiet, um, and right, like no one's ever been fired for not saying anything. Typically, mm -hmm. right? You only get you only get fired in trouble, um, embarrassed, uh, made to look incompetent, or etc. If you say something, you know. Yeah. And so, like, it's a legitimate fear uh, to to not want to speak up for most people, right? And so it's incumbent on the, the leader and the, and the team members that you're working with or the other individuals that you're working with to like encourage you to tell the truth, you know? I mean, you're, you're a member of groups, we're, we're a member of a group together, you know, yeah. that like is really good at that. Like they're really good at making you feel like, yeah, man, just like say, just be yourself, right? And we'll accept you. Right. And, and that's, I think that's what most people want. Um, and we could do a better job of that at work, I think. And we could do a better job of that just like 
socially, like just like at the grocery store <laughs> or whenever we interact with other people, you know, we could do a better job of that. You yeah. reminded me of something. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. But you reminded me of something I want to come back to. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, do you want to say it now? Yeah, if you don't mind. Like, yeah. so, so, um, you know, you talked about speaking your mind and then getting fired and having, having that consequence and stuff. So one of the, one, there's a book that I usually recommend for people uh, around, and usually it's around having what they call difficult conversations. It doesn't sound like yours was. It sounds like yours were kind of like, well, here's my opinion. And then they were like, well, you know, we don't like you. So yeah, so offended. Whatever. Yeah, right. But if, you know, in other situations that are more common, I think for most people is, you know, like I have an opinion or I have an opinion and it's different from yours or it's different from my bosses or it's, you know, and like, how do we talk about that in a productive way without hating each other or being aggressive toward one another? Um, and the, so the book is called Crucial Conversations. Oh, yeah. Heard really of it. widely known. Right. Um, but, um, you know, one of like some of the tips in there that have stuck with me include things like, you know, before you have the conversation, figure out exactly what you want to get out of it. You know, so like be very clear on why you're saying what you're saying and like, what do you hope to gain? Or it doesn't have to be personal gain, but what do you hope the outcome will be of this conversation, right? So like, if you're telling the truth about something that's not effective at work or something that's frustrating at work, maybe the goal is like to improve, help improve the business or something like that, you know? And so if you have that outcome in mind, it, cha it may change the way that you say the thing, the first thing that you say, right? If it's just like you're pissed off and you want to vent and that's the outcome you're looking for, then that will be a different statement than, you know, you want to help this person improve who you're talking to, right? Yeah. So like, I think that's important to keep that outcome in mind. That's one of the things I learned from that book that that influences me all the time. Yeah, that might be helpful because maybe the way I'm saying it is too just brash, like might maybe. be psychologically jarring to people. To, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, you know, another thing is, um, and a, a friend of mine came up with this. It wasn't something I created, but um, it's worked really well um, for women that we've, worked with um, and that is you know if they're in a male dominated environment and it seems like kind of coercive or um, aversive toward toward the women speaking up you know the the I've, I've advised women to say you know go to your boss or whoever it is the person and say is there any reason why you wouldn't take some feedback from someone like me and the and like the person's gonna go like through a series of <laughs> a series of thoughts that you can see like uh no uh yeah and then realizing like you're a woman and then like oh yeah right uh i shouldn't say no because then you're gonna think it's because and then like right and then he'll say no w what feedback do you have oh yeah <laughs> like nine out of ten times yeah and so like it's just like you can use your words to evoke the right response in other people so that they're maybe a little bit more open to hearing the feedback sometimes too Okay. So I do, we're closing up here and I want to say thank you for your valuable time because it's sure. really good. And I just, I feel like I have like, you know, a superstar, like, oh, I can't believe I got John Austin, like ACES superstar. So I feel really lucky. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I feel fortunate to be here. Thank you. Thank you. 
I just have one final question. So internally, I'm just curious about you. Where do you get the conviction or the confidence to keep moving forward and not being so sensitive? Mm. Boy, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, it may it may appear that I'm not sensitive. Um, no, you seem sensitive. Sometimes, you know. I mean. Um, but I mean, um, I, you know, I think I'm just like everybody else. Like I have thoughts and feelings and like fears and, and stuff like that. Um, but I do think that um, the more you practice and the more you put yourself in situations, the better you'll respond in the situations. And I guess what I mean by better is like more, more as I hoped I would, you know? Like, so it's really easy for you not to be in the situation and to think about what you wanted to say or what you should have done. And then when you're in the situation, it's a lot harder to do those things. But what I guess what I'm saying is that the more you practice those things and purposely put yourself in those situations, the better you will, the better you'll respond, right? Like it'll be more like you wanted to, you wanted to, wanted it to be. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. That's very helpful. You've given me really helpful tips that are gonna help move forward. Um, so I just wanna say thank you so much. I'm so grateful. And- uh, you Thank you. Yeah. Okay, see you. Okay. See you okay. okay, take Bye. care. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Recording, okay.